0: You're listening to 50 Plus a Tip, the show for strippers, ethical sluts, and other open-minded hoes. Hey guys, it's Danny. Welcome back. So today I am joined by Summer, who is a stripper and a lawyer based here in Vancouver, BC. When she isn't stripping in clubs across Western Canada, she teaches aerial arts and works on putting together dance and circus projects. She was called to the BC Bar in 2015 and takes on a limited amount of criminal defense work. Thank you so much for joining us, Summer. Oh, thanks for having me. So how long have you been dancing for?
1: Dancing since I was three, stripping for maybe about 10 years or so.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. So you've you've had almost a decade in the field now.
1: Yeah, I mean I took a couple of years off to do law stuff, but I mean I think I've I started stripping yeah, about ten years ago now.
0: Oh, okay, cool. And how did you get started as a dancer?
1: I walked into the Paramount in New West and I had taken pole dance lessons before and I knew I wanted to be a stripper, so I just asked them if they were hiring, and luckily they were.
2: Okay. So you worked in clubs across Canada. Um, Where has been your favorite places to work?
1: Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) I would have to say um, probably I loved Edmonton because that's where I went to school. So all my friends are there, which is a nice benefit. But I also really enjoyed working in Brandon, Manitoba, because people are just so nice, no private dances. Um, The staff there are really wonderful But, I mean, that's just my experience, and everyone's had different experiences at different places.
0: Is it all just table dances there, or just stage?
1: So, I worked at one club in Winnipeg, which um, there are private dances there and stage, which it it was fine. I don't really think that the club was suited to my style of dance, so I wasn't... It was okay. I mean, I don't know if I would go back, but I'm glad I went, kind of thing. Um, and there are a few other clubs in Winnipeg that I haven't worked at, but Brandon, Manitoba, I personally think was a great gig because they put you up in these dorms that are basically right beside the club, and there's like a back door that you can go through, so it's it's pretty private, and you get a nice stage. But yeah, no no private dances at all, not even table dances. So you just do your shows, and then you hang out. In between and when I went I went I went with friends so it's generally three girls on the lineup and you just yeah like do your show hang out do your show hang out grab a coffee whatever so yeah people are really nice they'll they'll tip you for a promo they're oh, they'll they'll buy you food bring you coffee type thing and they're really appreciative which is it's nice
0: that's awesome yeah
2: that sounds like the life <laughs> yeah that's pretty
0: good for especially for a stage <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah no doubt especially when you work with your friends it makes such a difference too Yeah. Um, Where has been somewhere you worked that you probably wouldn't work again?
1: You know, I think for me, I don't know if I would go back to Winnipeg just because I just don't think it was my vibe. But I mean, having said that, I'm pretty open minded. You know, just because I have a bad experience at one place, one time, doesn't mean you know I'm going to be like salty about it forever. But you know, I don't. I don't know if I'll go back. (laughs) Let's just say
0: that. (laughs) But still, a little salty right now. (laughs) Not bad feelings, but will not be returning. You
1: know, when you walk into a place and you're like, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know if this is going to work. And then you kind of give it a chance, and then you try it, and you're like, yeah, you know what? This is this is just not not my jam. You know, it's like no hard feelings. It's almost like I just I just didn't. It wasn't the type of show that I wanted to do. So like the stage was really small. The ceilings were really low. There was no aerial point. The poles were really thick and slippery. I just... Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it, just work it was a child to work with. Like, I'll just say that.
0: <laughs> um, so you said that when you first started dancing, you just walked into the Gramble Strip? Was it? The Paramount, actually. Oh, the Paramount. Okay, so how was that? How was your first night with that?
1: So that... When I started working there, they put a lot of effort into training girls i don't know i am not sure how it is now but when i started they they'll give you lap dance lessons and pole dance lessons so they actually have a kind of an onboarding process where you go in they talk to you they sort of do a couple sessions of training um they'll teach you some pole moves if you want like for free and then when i guess they think you're ready then you start working
0: that's crazy i've Um, never heard of anywhere that's like prepped a girl for stripping ever.
1: I think I was very fortunate to start there um, because yeah like it is a bit of a different club they don't serve alcohol and you know you don't get paid for your shows but for me at least my experience was great starting out there because yeah they do really take that time to prep you you know like they tell you things that are just general stripper etiquette that I don't know if I... It, w- it would have taken me a lot longer to figure out if they hadn't sat me down and told me. For example, don't go up to the front row if somebody's on stage, you know? Um, just things like that, where you see, like, baby strippers doing that here. And, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, that's not cool. But uh, other times I'm like, maybe it's
2: just because nobody's told them, right? So Yeah, you only yeah. learn that once the hard way. <laughs> mm-hmm, totally, yeah. For sure. Or you befriend, like, an experienced dancer and you piggyback off there (laughs) you dodge all those bullets
0: (laughs) um so you mentioned that you do aerial and circus work as well how did you get into that basically
1: I was doing pole a lot and I just got kind of bored with that and I just wanted another another form of movement to study so I started taking hoop and silks and then hoop was great but I think, once I started doing silks, I was like, yes, this is this, this is where I belong, so that's kind of, um, I stuck with that.
0: Nice. And where, how did you train for that? Did you go to a specific place to train that, or did a friend teach you? Uh,
1: I have taken classes at different places, and I find I learn best with certain teachers with private lessons, so I really mm-hmm. sought out instructors that I um, thought could show me what I needed to know. And then I got to the point where I was able to just go into the studio and kind of train myself or, you know, find a friend to train with
0: me. And yeah. Nice. So as a dancer myself who holds degrees and Riley is working on a degree herself, uh, we've definitely come across the notion of being less hireable or for lack of a better phrase, less desirable as an employee. Um, For example, you know, if a boss or colleague finds out that I was a sex worker, what happens then? I know I've personally been fired from, like, a serving job for being a stripper. Um, And as a fellow educated hoe yourself, how have you found working reputable vanilla jobs while working as a a dancer? And um, has there been any negative repercussions for you?
1: So the thing about the Law Society is that when you fill out the form that says you know you like you want to be a member of the bar they make you fill out all of your previous jobs at least in BC so and they're really strict about it like you have to fill in all your previous addresses all your previous jobs like everything So when I saw that I just knew like I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate enough that I don't have to hide it um, and I don't think that for me any job is worth hiding you know, it just because it makes you less desirable or whatever. And that kind of goes back to my whole mission of sex worker visibility and, like, decreasing stigma, blah, 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 right? But that's because I'm, I'm able to. Like, I'm fortunate that I don't have to hide it. So when I was applying for the Law Society, I just filled it out. And, you know, there's no way that the BC bar is going to be like, we can't hire you because you were a stripper. Like that's just discrimination. There's no way. <laughs> like that doesn't even make sense. So, um, but just as an extra precaution, what I had done is I had talked to a venture, which is like a senior lawyer kind of thing. And they sort of offer advice to the, the greater bar society. And so I had sought advice from him, got independent legal counsel just to sort of like, you know, cover my bases mm-hmm. and yeah. Yeah. I guess that's, yeah, I don't know. Does that kind of answer your question?
0: Mm -hmm. No, for sure. Uh, That's quite interesting to hear because when I was in one of my undergraduate degrees, I was talking to a professor I had who was a lawyer telling her, I want to be a lawyer. And she was like, "Uh, not only are you going to have trouble with being a stripper and trying to be taken seriously as a lawyer, but your boobs are too big. And I only had like... I only had like triple D's, E's at that point, And now I have like F's, <laughs> F's or something or H's or something. I was like big. So like, I'm like, well, now I'm fucked. So
2: that's yeah. interesting to hear. Totally. And it's, it's <laughs> really, it's really great to hear no. as well. Cause um, I'm about to apply for co-op jobs as well uh, for like mm-hmm. um, my statistics degree and you have to write your resume and it's kind of like the, what's this year and a half, half like gap that you have. Mm-hmm. And, like, how to fill that and still be a, a desirable, like, hire for a for a co-op, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that that mindset is unfortunate just because of the stigma, especially if you think about all of the skills that you learn on the job, you know, as a stripper that help you in, you know, normal vanilla jobs or whatever. And it's just kind of unfortunate that there is that stigma and you can't put it down on your resume and I was just gonna say about that comment that you got from your professor that is so funny to me because I just feel like you're sort of damned if you do, damned if you don't. Like it's hard for women everywhere, you know, it's it's hard if you you know, you get judged for having big boobs, you get judged for looking not that great. You know, if you like look frumpy one day, people are gonna judge you, you know, but then if you do your face up, people are gonna judge you too. It's just I just, I've told this story many, many times before, but one time I was doing an appearance in Supreme Court and this senior male lawyer whispered to his colleague, oh, she's wearing fuck me shoes. And I was like, okay, like, obviously, bro, I'm a stripper. I know these are not fuck me shoes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you want to see fuck me shoes? Yeah. I got fuck me shoes.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, they're like black. Mary Jane straps, like maybe an inch, inch and a half heel, but like not definitely not. So I don't know. Anyway, um, and then I can't tell you how many times I've been in the barrister lounge and had older lawyers, both male and female, just be like, Oh, what are you doing here? Do you belong here? Are you a student? This is for lawyers only, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, Yeah, no, I'm here. I'm a lawyer. And they're like, Oh, really? You just look so young, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, No, it's just misogyny. So, yeah. (laughs) I kind of feel like I've seen I've seen women be judged for whatever they do so I just kind of feel like well you might as well just be yourself and be comfortable in that you know Mm -hmm. but yeah
0: (laughs) yeah well I think like what you just said too about like that damned if you do damned if you don't like if you're more attractive, people are nicer to you. But if you're attractive, you're also dismissed for being intelligent. And you're like, okay, so <laughs> like, what do you want? Maybe ugly and smart, or like pretty yes. and dumb.
1: I, I've, I've had. It's been interesting to me to see how other women navigate the professional realm in law. And yeah, it's true, right? Like, it's it's like if you if you're attractive then you're judged but then if you're not it's all you're you're judged too right so it's just it's like yeah you're just screwed either way
0: 100 percent. you touched on the concept there that we've discussed before in the podcast and it's the idea of these transferable skills that you get through dancing um and you you just said it yourself there too what are some of those skills that you picked up while stripping that you believe have made you a better lawyer um if any and vice versa
1: would say one big one is being a more empathetic person because it wasn't until I started stripping that I started talking to all different types of people from different walks of life and it, it was really interesting for me to sort of have that like it's almost like a personal ethnographic survey that I was doing um, like in an informal way and I just it was really interesting to me to see all those different lifestyles and that helped me in being a lawyer in the sense that it made me more sensitive to people from different backgrounds, you know, because if you think about the type of people that you encounter on just your average, average shift stripping, you don't really get to talk to those people like in your everyday life. You wouldn't really interact with all of those different types of people. So that's one also boundaries for sure, because this is a job where you have to be clear about your boundaries Otherwise, you are going to be taken advantage of, and then you just won't feel good about it after. And it's really the same in a lot of professional settings, I think, because, you know, you're always, like, climbing the ladder. There's these expectations, you know, like, the boss wants you to work late, this and that, whatever. And I've seen I've seen burnout happen in both industries because of lack of boundaries. And it's, it's a hard lesson to learn, but I would say I definitely learned a lot of that in stripping.
0: No, for sure. I think like for myself too, like boundaries was a huge one. To be able to assert myself, like unapologetically, is something you have yeah. to learn quickly as a stripper. Um, and then you just see that kind of start to um filter into your everyday life too. Being comfortable saying no to people, which is something I think society <laughs> as women we're constantly told, like, no, be agreeable. You'll be more like that way. No one likes a bitch. Like
2: <laughs> Totally. For sure. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it definitely makes, you know, names that have been called like bitch when you, you know, you stand up for yourself in the workforce, you're like, I've been called so much worse at my other yeah. job, like that shit just rolls off your back.
0: Yeah, 100%. You, you can do better than that.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so speaking of multiple skill sets, uh, you also have one of my favorite Instagram pages, um, it's called Swifty, Sh- Sh- right? Is that right? Swifty yes. okay. stripper. <laughs> um, my my autocorrect hates that. It always fixes that when I'm trying to like tag you. <laughs> um, yeah, it's an amazing. Like meme page. I when I curate. Yeah. yeah, it's great when I curate my page. I like steal a lot from you. I'll obviously tag you every time. Um, first off, where did that name come from, Swifty Stripper?
1: Oh, it's actually a reference to Rick and Morty, that show that's on Adult Swim. So oh, okay. That. Clearly, I
0: don't <laughs> yeah. watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither, <laughs> girl. I got nothing for you. Yeah, but that's the photo you have, right? It's Rick and Morty. I do recognize that.
1: Yes, that's the photo. It started as that, um, and then it just, if you look at my super early, like, first generation memes or whatever, they're mostly Rick and Morty screenshots, and then I kind of went past that, and then grew from other shows, and now it's mostly cute animals. So, yeah.
0: (laughs) It's constantly adapting. What made you start that meme page?
1: Ooh, I think I just
0: needed a creative outlet for my,
1: I don't know, sarcasm or whatever. I just needed something, right? And I was like, I know I don't have enough in me to have a blog or whatever, and so I love memes. I think they're just such a great testament to the times. So I was like, yeah, no, this is perfect. And then I kind of just started it, just whatever. And yeah, I'm like, thanks thanks for reposting and following. It's great.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. You have so many good ones. Um, I have like so many of your saves that I can't post yet that I have to like throw in someone else's first because otherwise it's just like me reposting all your shit. Like, <laughs> and I'm just, also, I'm okay, shifting. I really
1: appreciate that. Like when people enjoy my content, I'm like, well, thanks. It's not just like for me, you
0: know? No, no, no. It's awesome. I love it. Um, so we also, we opened up the discussion for listeners and followers on my page to write in and have questions. And there were quite a few good ones. I narrowed it down to a few that I thought um, other people might also enjoy. And any, if any more come in, I'll send them to you and, and connect you with them, and you can answer them yourself. Um, but one of the first ones I got in was, uh, where do you make more money, as a lawyer or a stripper?
1: Oh, 100% as a stripper, because I put so little effort into law work right now. It's, it's kind of a conscious decision that I made when I quit my job. At the firm I worked at, but I was I kind of worked as a sole practitioner for a while, and I was kind of trying to balance both and like whatever. And then I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> like, why am I putting effort into this profession that I know is not my passion? It's like it's great. I'm thankful for it, and you know, but it's it's not what I want to do. It's not where I want to be. So I I, I kind of changed things to focus mostly on dance. So yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, if I cared more about law, I'm sure I could change things around financially, but I don't. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that leads us into our next question, which is uh, how the hell can you fit in being a lawyer and a stripper? And what does your work schedule look like?
1: I am so lucky that in all my jobs, basically, I can choose my own schedule, you know, so some months, it's like I don't do any law work, and then I just focus on dance and teaching. And then other months, I build out a couple files, do some research, whatever, and then I dance less. So it's really, it's really up to me, um, but I'm, I'm really lucky that way because I, I do work for myself as a lawyer, so I can choose which files to take, which research to do, which ones not to do kind of thing.
0: Are you doing stage right now as well, or do you just VIP?
1: Well, right now, I guess no one's working because. Like, oh yeah, that's you know? true. Yeah, valid. <laughs> <laughs> um, usually, I am on stage. Yeah, I've, I've I have done just VIPing in the past, and for me as a student, that served me really well because I didn't have a schedule. I could go in whenever I wanted. You know, it's it's like almost a perfect student job, honestly. Um, but right now in my life, I just don't really have the hustle in me. So I'd rather just put effort into doing a good stage and focus on
0: that. And I know with the clubs are starting to open up and that, have you thought about going back to doing some stage now?
1: Uh, not right now. I'm just kind of taking time to, I guess, just chill, <laughs> you know, maybe like relax my body a bit. I haven't quite decided and I'm going back to work at the clubs if, you know, I'm just not really – I'm not super comfortable right now and I wouldn't mind a couple extra months to just kind of recuperate, plan out my next steps.
2: Yeah, I think it's definitely been like a nice break for people in the sex work industry who have almost been forced to take up time because, yes. you know, we've talked about it before on the podcast, you do have that um, – incentive to keep going in and you know feeling of missing out if you don't and guilt of oh, not going in and...
1: yes that's so true like absolutely just being self-employed and being like well if I don't work then it's like you know I don't make money and then they're like oh well you know I could like work and then make this much and then I won't feel like I'm broke and just you just get caught in that mindset so yeah it has it has been a nice break for me so yeah
2: yeah so you haven't uh, moved your work online uh, because of COVID. You've just been taking it as time off.
1: I do have an OnlyFans, and I've been teaching classes online on Zoom and like Instagram and stuff. And I also have a job at a gym where I just do reception work and like administrative stuff for them, which is nice. Um, but in terms of dancing stuff, I've just been I've just been teaching. Vessels online and yeah OnlyFans has been good for me but I don't put like that much effort into it so you know I have like my loyal people who I'm super thankful for but I don't hustle super hard on it either
2: mm-hmm. yeah well that's still nice to um is yeah I mean it sounds like even though you're taking time off you're still pretty busy yeah,
1: um, <laughs> yeah I, mean, I guess so but I guess it's just nice to sort of I mean, now, but I think the first month or so, it was like, wow, this is like a great staycation, so
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, how did you, one of the other questions we had right in was, why have you chosen to practice both occupations, and do your clients know about both your jobs?
1: So, right now, because my, my law stuff is so limited, I don't have contact with clients, I don't take my own files what I do is I just work with lawyers who I trust and they will give me research files and then I, I just do the research for them and then I send it off um, in the past when I was more active in both areas for sure sometimes the two worlds do intersect because I don't I don't hide it right like, you know, but I don't go around like I guess announcing it either um, I, yeah, I don't know, I guess, I guess some, some, I don't know, <laughs> if they walked into the club and saw me dancing, yeah, they would know, right, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I, I certainly don't hide it, or if they saw me on Instagram and found my handle, they would obviously know as well, with them if they can, like, read my bio, which I guess not everyone can read a bio, so maybe they would, I don't know, um, yeah, so I just, I guess, I guess some do, I don't, I definitely don't hide it, I guess, mm-hmm. um, the other part of the question, why have I chosen to, you know, honestly, like it just, they're both, they both jobs serve me in different ways and I'm fortunate enough to be able to balance them accordingly. And so I guess, I guess that's why.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: The next question here is how out are you in both worlds? But I guess you kind of answered it there where you're not like intentionally out, but if people come across either world and they mesh, like that's okay.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. And I, you know, I just, you know, I don't like to, I don't know, I don't, I don't like to be the person who's like constantly preaching about things, but every once in a while you run into a situation where somebody's just being judgmental and, you know, like, I just have to say something, you know? Yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah,
2: I live for those moments.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know, they can be very satisfying, but I just wish it, I, I don't know, like, I just wish it didn't have to be like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um. But you know, sometimes I will just if somebody says something you know about stripping or strippers or whatever, and I just feel like I just have to be like you know, you know. There's that that moment in time when you're in those situations where, like, your inner voice it's like, hey, don't do it. Don't engage. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it is, right? Yeah. And then you're like, actually, you know, somebody says something about strivers and like whatever. And sometimes I'll just be like, hey, don't say anything. But then there'll be like that little voice inside of me that's like, no, actually, I'm also a lawyer. I just choose not to practice law because I'd rather take my clothes off and have people throw money at me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. Are you out as a lawyer at your dancing job? So like we've talked about it previously, is that there- dance of uh, playing kind of the ditsier dancer to not intimidate guys versus, you know, a, a man who maybe wants a more intelligent woman? Like, how do you navigate that?
1: Um, it honestly depends on my mood and it depends on the particular customer. With some customers, I mean, I am not an excellent hustler. Like, I will tell you that right now. I, in my time in the industry, I have seen Dancers just be phenomenal, right? Like I do not have those skills and in fairness, I haven't really tried to develop them. Um so I guess I guess the right the responsible, the financially responsible answer would be I do whatever will, you know, make me the sale, right? But um it kind of just depends on my mood. Like sometimes with customers who or just being a little bit arrogant or judgmental, I will have to be like, actually, you know, (laughs) even if I lose money at the end, but you know, whatever. Um, and sometimes I just don't feel like having that discussion, like if somebody asks me where else do you work, sometimes I just don't want to, sometimes I just don't want to expend the emotional labor to tell them, It's sometimes it really is just easier to be like, no, I just work here, you know, then there's like, no question. this is mm-hmm. done, right, Basically, like, are you going for a dance, a yes or no, right, mm-hmm. and you don't have to go through this whole, whole big thing, like, oh, you're in school, what, what are you taking, blah, 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 like, so it's kind of a case-by-case decision, but definitely with my coworkers and stuff, like, they all know, obviously, <laughs>
0: Mm-hmm. And I think that goes back to the idea of like um, – uh, how do I say it? Like you don't owe someone to be more. Do you know what I mean? Like it's enough totally. to just be a female stripper dancing, offering a dance. I don't need to like be more human by being like, no, I have this job and like value me because I'm not just a stripper. Like,
1: Yeah, yeah and see, and that's the thing is like sometimes I will play that card too and you know oh. – customers will be like oh like you must have another job like you must be in school or something something and i'll just be like no actually i only work here and i've worked in clubs for 10 years and i have no intention of doing anything else right because Mm -hmm. that is a totally legitimate way of you know being in the industry and being like a person right you don't have to try to like humanize yourself it's just yeah it's just (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. no in the same way I, i definitely pick and choose when I reveal that side of myself and it's not that there's any shame either way. It's like, some, yeah, like you said, like the emotional labor just all, isn't always like deserved to be honest. Or like, yeah. do you want to dance or not? And <laughs> Like, do you like my tits or not? <laughs> like, 100%. Um, another listener question was, what kind of law do you practice and has dancing impacted the cases you take on?
1: It has not. I only do criminal defense.
0: And no, it has not. (laughs) Short and sweet. Uh, Next question: Who are your closest friends, sex workers or civilians? And are the relationships you have with them different?
1: Um, I have close friends in both worlds. I've just been very lucky in my life to have really good friends you know, so a lot of my close friends are definitely sex workers but a lot are not Um, and they all, I guess kind of share an open-mindedness I guess which, you know I wouldn't be friends with them if they didn't so yeah, I don't, I know because the thing is, like I've met some pretty judgmental people in sex work as well too you know, so it's just yeah, we get all types
0: Mm mm-hmm I think sometimes we try to pretend like we're all, like, in quotes, woke in the industry.
1: Oh, true. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, totally. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But there is a very real, like, internal hierarchy, or one of my guests called it, like, the hierarchy. Um, And so I I definitely echo what you said, where you can come across a lot of closed-mindedness within the industry as well as very possible. Um, You know, I think that's definitely something to address and acknowledge for sure.
1: Yeah, like I've been surprised and not in a good way with people both in the industry and outside of the industry, you know. It's just, yeah, for sure I've encountered some judgments in sex work with the hierarchy and being like, oh, wow, like I thought you guys were cool, you know. (laughs) Um, But at the same time, I've also been pleasantly surprised by people who are not in sex work and who have been really understanding and accommodating and just like, Really open-minded, which I maybe my own judgment, I didn't necessarily expect that from those people. So yeah, I mean it is kind of like a good litmus test, you know, for for people to see how they react. But yeah,
2: yeah, I definitely think it's equally important to have friends in the industry, but also um, you know just allies of the industry for you yes. know any marginalized group.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it. I love my stripper friends, but like sometimes it's hard to be around them 24 7 like all the time you just need for me because it's like yeah there is a certain mindset it's like it's like with any group of friends like I couldn't hang out with my lawyer friends 24 7 either right like mm-hmm. um but yeah it's just like I think it is really important to have allies from different different parts of society and just like take time to sort of, like, emerge from the fishbowl every once in a while, whether it's to hang out with a different group of people or just to take time for yourself and sort of, like, recalibrate. Because, like, me personally, and I guess maybe this is why I've chosen to sort of work in both industries, it's just, like, I feel like I can't spend all my time with one group of friends because I get very, like, I'm sensitive to those energies and I just kind of, like, forget that there's other things out there, right? Like... You know, if I, if I spend all my time with like law people, just like forget that law is not the only way to go. Or, you know, it's like, if I spend all my time with my dancer friends, like I will 100% forget that there are things outside of dance. Like what, this has happened to me, you know?
0: So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm Um, one of the other questions that came in was regarding misogyny and you kind of touched on it when you said like when you walk into a room and they're like are you supposed to be here Um, have you experienced a lot of misogyny uh, within your law career
1: yeah 100% it's a very misogynistic feel to work in Um, a lot of older white men or just yeah white white straight men kind of thing Um, not I mean obviously not all but predominantly yes <laughs> so yeah yeah lots It's way more misogyny in the legal world than in stripping I
0: would say so to go off on that and I and I kind of like hate this question a little bit because it alludes to the idea that your jobs need to be empowering which is not the case but Perfect. do you find sex work to be more female friendly slash empowering or working in law
1: Definitely sex work 100%. And the reason I say that is because as a young female lawyer, you don't have a voice really because it's part of, it's part of your indoctrination into the legal profession where, you know, you are subservient to your boss and to senior partner, blah, blah. So you're kind of always, there's already that power structure built in as a junior lawyer or as an artisan student. And it's just kind of, Amplified by virtue of being female, um, you know. So, so if somebody mistreats you or whatever. There's kind of this mentality that's like, okay, well, this is kind of part of it. This is this is part of articling. Is like I'm supposed to be treated shitty. You know, this is kind of how it works. Um, it's like your hazing year or whatever, right? But in stripping, I feel like I've been given a lot more power. Like even as like a even as a stripper, I'm like my first day or in my first year or whatever, you know, like you don't let people talk to you in a certain way. And If somebody disrespects that, you have the power to tell them off or you have the power to get them kicked out or bar washed or whatever. Um, and that doesn't really apply in law.
2: Um, so, <laughs> Can I just tell yeah. you, client to fuck off no, yeah. and leave the room? <laughs> the judge.
1: <Yeah>. Did I, <laughs> I mean like, yourself, yeah, man? Like, <laughs> like, I can't imagine... I can't, personally, I can't really imagine an articling student telling off their boss for, you know, like, no. I've heard of, yeah, like, I've heard of, like, situations where senior lawyers do get told off because they're being, I don't know, like, abusive or whatever, but um, when that happens, we're like, oh, my God, like, I can't believe she did that, that like, good for her, um, but if you think about it, in a lot of these situations, like, no, like, he was being a dick, <laughs> you yeah. know, he deserved it, it wasn't, like, yeah, so...
0: Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I think, and I think that goes into like not even just saying, you know, law is this like horrible like field. Like, I think in pretty much everything comparatively to stripping, especially like the, the amount of autonomy you have on how you operate your business, I, I think you um, would have difficulty finding that in any kind of other field. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I totally agree
0: with that. Agree. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, so, through your post secondary, have you experienced institutional discrimination related to your sex work?
1: Um, no, but I have also been really fortunate in my life. So my undergrad was at SFU, Simon Fraser University. And for me, it was a really liberal experience. So no. And then, I mean, I guess when I was in law school, so I went to law school at U of A. U of a um in in Edmonton University of Alberta and I had definitely experienced some from fellow students for sure yeah I guess but I don't know if that's kind of less to do with like post-secondary and more to do with like the people themselves
2: no totally I actually got a Simon Fraser as well and it, it is that like I'm pretty out um as a sex worker to my friends, but not, like, the general public. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I haven't faced much through post-secondary, but maybe that's because I, like, I'm not super out.
1: Yeah, totally. Like, I wasn't super out either, but, I mean, it just – but I also didn't hide it, you know? So, yeah, it's, it's an interesting issue. I kind of – yeah, it goes back to just using it as sort of a – this test, you know, like if you tell someone and then, you know, they're judgmental, then you kind of know, that you're like, okay, we're not going to be friends. That's
2: cool. Totally. I, I live for the moments when people are talking about strippers, like around me. Same. <laughs> Same. <laughs> so I had this one guy in my study group who I, I had made a joke that like if my statistics degree doesn't work out, I was going to go back to my plan A, which is stripping. And yeah. uh, this guy just turns around and goes, oh, well, I know, like, heaps of the girls at, like, the club I work at. Um, if you, like, want me to talk to them to get a job or something. And I was like, okay, like, tell me more. <laughs> uh,
0: good. Yeah. Please, man, explain to me how I can get into stripping. It's so
1: satisfying. I love
0: those women. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. Um. So on the same kind of train of thought, how, and this is a question from a listener, how do you handle the stigma that sex workers slash strippers face while in a professional world? Um,
1: You know, I think a lot of it for me just comes down to divide, like just being conscious of my energy, you know, sometimes it's worth having a discussion and sometimes it's not, you know. Um, I'm pretty insulated in law because I work with lawyers I trust and who don't care um, you know and beyond that I don't like I don't like openly advertise you know it's just it's just not really relevant so I haven't I haven't really um, had to deal with a lot of that um, yeah but I think one of my side missions in life, is just by being um, as open as possible when it's appropriate, I do hope that it kind of helps to change change the preconceptions and sort of challenge that stigma, um, you know, if not for me and my experience, and maybe for someone else, and, and maybe for society as a whole, like, I don't know, um, but yeah, I'm lucky I haven't had to deal with that too much. hmm
0: that's it for the listener questions. Before I let you go, I have three questions I ask my, uh, my guests, and they're a little more on the sexual side. So okay. the first one, what is something you haven't done sexually yet, but you want to try?
1: Ooh, oh, man. I'm going to give you an answer, and then like half an hour later, I'm going to be like, oh, crap, I should have said something else. <laughs> I don't even know.
0: Oh, uh, I don't know. Can I think about it and come back to it? Yeah. What is something, second question, what is something you've done or tried that you've never try again sexually?
1: Oh, I hate anal sex. <laughs> it's like putting it out there, like, I hate it. I just, I've tried it and I've been like, oh, you know, maybe it's not that bad. No, I just, I can't.
0: It's no good for you.
1: But it's just that yeah. and that's
0: just like no definitely <laughs> exit only <laughs>
1: Yeah,
0: exactly. um do you want us to go back to that first question if you can think of
1: something i swear i have a good answer to this but i just can't think of it right now
0: okay um, i'll ask you one more time you can just throw out something <laughs> okay. okay what is one thing you haven't done sexually yet but you want to try So some of the examples people have given is, like, threesomes, bakake, um, rope rope play, like, bondage. Um.
1: Oh, you know what would be fun is, like, shibari.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes. There's actually yeah. a oh, – so. Yeah, there's a dojo around Vancouver, actually, that's, like, pretty dope to go to, pretty friendly.
1: Oh, cool. Yeah, I think that would be really fun, like – yeah, i get some, like, nice photos and stuff, because I think it's a really beautiful water,
0: so, mm-hmm. yeah. No, it definitely is. And last but not least, if you had the world's attention for 30 seconds, what would you say? This one doesn't have don't to be, be sexual.
1: sexual. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, I don't know. Like, I just, I don't know. I just think that... I like to believe in the best of people, but, you know, um not always possible when you when you know you're like an aware person who watches the news so sometimes I just I just want to like sit everyone down and be like what the fuck like don't be dicks you know so I don't know I yeah
0: <laughs> pretty much just don't be dick
1: <laughs> yeah like just like maybe be a little bit more considerate you know like I just it goes back to the thing that like you know strippers are people and it's kind of funny that there has to be that like that that's a thing or there has to be a hashtag but you know like a lot of people need to be reminded right like yeah like just don't be an asshole like maybe think about what you're doing before you do it mm-hmm. um yeah like i don't know is your ego really more important than anything else right now you know mm-hmm. um, is your self-importance really worth being mean to another human being. And I don't really think that that's ever the case.
0: Yeah. So, um, For sure.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Just don't be an asshole.
2: <laughs> I like it. Much, yeah.
0: <laughs> Short and sweet. <laughs> All right, Summer, before we let you go, where can people find you?
1: Ooh, okay. So I am mostly on Instagram my main personal Instagram is just my name. So Jennifer Summer Ashley, all one word. And like you said, I have a meme account, Shwifty Stripper. Um, I also have another Instagram called Dance Your Prime, And it's mostly just like training stuff that I post. So, you know, like pretty G-rated. Um, oh, you know what? I actually also have a podcast that I sometimes do with friends. And it's called Strippers with Anxiety. So it's pretty informal. We basically just, like, press report while we're in the change room or something, um, and then just, like, see what happens. Um, so, yeah, I'm on, I'm on Instagram mostly. All my other socials are linked on my Instagram, so I guess that's where
2: they me. <laughs>
0: awesome. I'll make sure they're in the bios as well so people can easily click to you. Riley, where can you find you?
2: I'm at Vansity Riley on Instagram. That's
0: it. <laughs> and <laughs> as always, you can find me at 50plusatip on Instagram or email me at 50 tip at gmail.com. And you can slide into my DM or email me with any questions or comments. And feel free to show your love and support by subscribing to my OnlyFans at onlyfans.com slash Danica underscore darling. And do you want to plug your OnlyFans as well, Summer? Oh,
1: yeah. So my OnlyFans is Summer Kitten um yeah so follow me for random poll things or like training things just like animal posts <laughs>
2: <laughs> just wholesome OnlyFans only fans content <laughs> love it, it
1: like, i'll have like really sexy like shower content and then i'll be like wholesome some content it's like me and my guinea pig
0: so <laughs> um good yeah. variety awesome yeah. And then make sure to check out our amazing sponsors. So, Truly Lifestyle Brand is an all natural and cruelty free skincare company that allows your skin to become its absolute best. Use code TRULY plus a tip, all caps, for 10% off your first online order of skincare products at Truly Lifestyle Brand. And for all your lingerie needs, make sure to check out at Temptations Avenue on Instagram and use our code TIP25 to get 25% off your entire order. That's TIP, T I P, 25 for 25% off. Thank you so much for joining us, Summer.
1: Oh, thanks for having me. Have a wonderful week and happy hoeing, everyone. Bye. Bye. Okay, thanks. Bye.